Hey everybody, welcome to Studio HFL. I'm your host, Larry Powell, and I'm glad you've chosen to spend your time tuning in to today's show. Today's guest is Kiku Collins, and this is show number HFL88. This interview with Kiku took place back in July of 2020, and you can find show notes for this interview at studiohfl.com slash blog. Of course, you can listen to these interviews on any podcast platform, but now you have the option to also watch them on the Studio HFL YouTube channel. If you can help me get to 100 subscribers on there, then I can get a custom URL. I'd also encourage you to visit Apple Podcast, leave a star rating and a review. Those help to elevate the visibility of this show. And of course, you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Studio HFL. If you really want to keep up on releases and get a heads up on other news, you can subscribe to the newsletter at studiohfl.com. Here's a huge shout out to my Patreon patrons for their generous contributions to this program. Your support shows me that there is real value to the work that I'm doing here, and it is a great encouragement financially, yes, and it's also an inspiration to continually strive to deliver a very high quality product. If you'd like to be a part of the Studio HFL community, please visit www.patreon.com studiohfl. There you'll find four tiers of support from which you can choose, each with benefits for becoming a subscriber. Now, a word about my sponsors. Brass players can be kind of picky when it comes to cases, perhaps even more so than other musicians. If you have an idea for a custom case, then Messina Covers has your solution for completely custom case designs, even down to a wide variety of color schemes. Don't forget about options for mouthpiece pouches or pretty much anything you'd want to keep protected in a custom case. You can check them out at messinacovers.net. If you're looking for excellence in trumpets, trombones, horns, and tubas, you need look no further than the Eastman Music Company. And S.C. Shires offers a complete line of brass instruments from the beginner all the way up to the professional. And you know, they are invested in creating a quality product when the legendary Doc Severinsen helped design Eastman's beginner trumpet model. You can find out more at eastmanwins.com and seshires.com. Pickett Blackburn has established themselves as a top-tier resource for trumpet players, and if you haven't had a chance to try any mouthpieces available through Pickett or the incredible line of Blackburn trumpets, you can check them out at pickettblackburn.com. And now, on to my interview with Kiku Collins. Well, I'm thrilled to, to finally get to sit and chat with you. I was trying to remember where I first became aware of you, and I think it might have been one of those big full-page ads in the ITG journal. And, you know, and, but I'm thinking, and, and forgive me, but was that a Warburton ad that would have been No, it was um, Getson. It was Getson. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Are you still affiliated? Oh, I like your Hello Kitty. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Listen, I'm half Japanese. It's in my DNA. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, um, that, that avoids maybe an awkward question because I'm thinking, well, you know, ethnicity. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. But yep. I did see that Kiku translates uh, chrysanthemum. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, Very cool. It is, right? So, yeah, there's nothing really, uh, you know, Larry has nothing uh, enigmatic to it. It's just a name. <laughs> you know what? You know, Sometimes it is what it is. All it is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh my gosh, so many directions that we could go. And lately, I've been starting with, um, well, in this pandemic, mm -hmm. what does life look like for you? Um, my calendar looks really empty. I know. Isn't it so sad? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, my husband's a, he's also a trombone player. And, and I mean, between the two of us, 
we're just wall to wall work all the time. It's cr- mm-hmm. like we barely see each other, mm-hmm. um, which is nice when you're married. <laughs> so, you know, you get yeah. a little break and it's like, oh, yeah, I like you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember why I married you. Right, right. <laughs> right. It all comes back. It's like, oh, crap, this makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, our, our calendars, we share a calendar so that we know where the other one is mm-hmm. at all times because mm-hmm. it gets confusing. And, sure. You know, we can barely keep track of ourselves. Um, yeah, and overnight, our calendar just went from being completely packed to completely empty. So uh, it's it's been really weird, you know, um, mm-hmm. just even our daily lives being home when we're both, you know, at home um, has been very different because we're both workout addicts and the gym closed down, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So we work out at home, but... Eh, it's just so hard you know I was I was a personal trainer in my 20s so um we have lots of weights here and we have Mm -hmm. a rebounder you know sometimes I'm bouncing in the living room like what the (laughs) heck what am I going to do it's pandemic um you know we have all sorts of gadgets and everything and um and it took me a long time to settle into my new norm Mm -hmm. um you know and I've just I've been waking up super early, no alarms since this whole thing started. I mean, sometimes I'm up at five, like, well, what am I going to do? I'm up. Um, And I just, I start my day. I have some coffee. I, you know, take care of business, you Mm -hmm. know, boring stuff. And, uh, and then I work out. And um, so our daughter, she'll be 19 in August. And uh, she, she went to the gym with us and she had Mm -hmm. a trainer. He's really jacked. It was really fun, you know, because she, even though I was a trainer, I'm still her mom. So yeah, right. <laughs> that, that doesn't work out. I mean, no, not as a not as a private lesson teacher or anything. Yeah. No, I know she used to play the trumpet too. It's terrible, you know. But now she's playing bass, and I actually do once in a while work with her. But mm-hmm. um, you know, so we would go to the gym together and all this stuff. And I, so I finally recruited her very recently, saying, "Babe." you know, you used to have these, these biceps bulging out, we got to get you back. Um, and she also did Kung Fu, uh, for a couple of years. So, so she has started to join me for my, the second half of my workout. And I give her a warning shot when I start <laughs> saying, get yourself up, get in gear. We're working out in yeah. X amount of time. Um, and my husband, he's, he's been very good about the workouts the whole time, but you know, he's, he's not normal. <laughs> it took me a little while. Um, right. It's been really strange. You know, I mean, we live in New York and spaces are small here. We're mm-hmm. actually extremely fortunate because we have a two bedroom in New York City. Um, wow. Yeah. So but we kind of we kind of staked out our territory for the most part. So this is usually my room. I'm in the living room right now. The studio's mm-hmm. in here. Um, and, you know, my daughter works in her room and. David's back in our room and, mm-hmm. you know, we sometimes pass each other, but it actually, it makes it feel more normal since we, yeah. we don't get to spend a lot of time together when the world is the, actually the world instead of what it, whatever's going on now. Right. Um, and, you know, and we have, we've always been big believers in family dinners. So we, we, we all cook. Um, mm-hmm. which gets a little dangerous in these situations, <laughs> but we all actually just baked some coffee, coconut muffins. You don't want to know about it. <laughs> wait, wait, were, were they good? They're amazing. Oh. <laughs> and I'm allergic to gluten. So 
Um, so they're totally gluten-free oh, and organic, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, they're actually healthy, whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, so we're all cooking all the time and we make different dishes and we make up dishes. This is actually a brand new recipe. I just tried last week. It was unbelievable. Oh. So, um, you know, so we, we have dinner together every night. Um, we've been doing a lot of game nights, um, as a family. So we do <laughs> video gaming and board games. We love mm-hmm. all the everything. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's been weird. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, I mean, nothing, it doesn't feel normal yet. Um, but we're used to it. We're in a holding pattern like everybody else. Yeah. You know? And, and even if a summer normally has any kind of lull to it, Right. right. I mean, you know, well, my August, summers get crazy. My summers well, go bonkers. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how, so tell me about that. I mean, what usually happens during the summertime? Is it a big time for touring? Yeah. So um, a lot of overseas stuff. Um, my calendar was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I generally spend a, a large percentage of my, my summer somewhere else. And I hop around and I mean, I'm very fortunate because I used to do those, those longer tours. And now, I mean, if it's two weeks, you know, in a stretch, it's, that's almost unheard of now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy that. I like coming home. I don't like checking bags. I travel extremely light, so I don't have to check a bag because I don't have Mm -hmm. patience and I don't want them to lose things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have like, clothing stuffed in my horn case i got everything everywhere um so it's just it's just such a different vibe you know we're mm-hmm. both home now and you know we're all three of us are home now but my daughter usually yeah. is anyway so yeah what's the what's the practice look like these days what's is there motivation or oh that's a rough one i so know I'm... and and let me tell you before you answer uh-huh we're all in the same boat. You would I be know. surprised if the, everybody I've talked to, they're all yeah. going to say about, I think what you're about to say. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done, I've done quite a few um, projects since this has started. So that's motivation. Cause I don't want to make a fool mm. of myself. Um, <laughs> I I'm doing some teaching online now, which I'd never <clears throat> had time to do. So, um, but I also have to keep my face in shape because I have to play things for my students. You know, hey, right. mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't I can't play something and say, don't do it like that because that was terrible. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. need to I kind of need to lead by example. So that's good motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband has been very good. He's also done a ton of uh, projects um, and he's very good about practicing. So then there's the whole guilt factor, like, oh, God, why is he doing it? And I can't do it. And this is crazy. Um, and we actually, it's funny because we, it's its really romantic, actually, because sometimes we'll, we'll kind of lay in bed and we'll put a, a movie on the iPad and we'll sit there, we'll play long tones or we'll buzz our mouthpiece. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but wait, the best part is this was happening before the pandemic. <laughs> oh my! So I've we never heard of anything like that. I, it can only work for two brass players, for yeah, real. Right? But right. you know, and there he is. Hot stuff. Oh, look at that! Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. We should actually do a photo shoot because we're both sponsored by the Schmute. 
um, we should do a photo shoot of us just like laying in bed watching a movie Perfect. playing long tones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. But mm -hmm. that's, I mean, we kind of, we try to motivate each other. I think he's better at motivating me than I am, you know, motivating yeah. him. But, yeah, you know. You know, you mentioned Schmute. I remember it in ITG a few years ago. You know, there's always that guy mm -hmm. that tries. She's wrong about that. <laughs> She's the motivator. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. He's going to a socially distanced session. There you so. go. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's always that guy that tries to find the high A on every trumpet, oh, right? Oh, God, yeah. He was standing right next to the Schmute table. And I talking to, I, I don't know the guy's name that, that runs Schmute, but he goes, I'd give anything to sell this guy one of my mutes right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. Wow. And so anyways. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I know motivation seems hard. And, you know, when you do have students in that responsibility, right, it's already bad enough when yeah. you assign them a new etude, maybe something you haven't looked at in a while. Yeah. And then you're like secretly, okay, I've got to practice this this week. But now <laughs> or, it's even now it's yeah. even harder, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or when you sit there and you go, whoa, that's better than I sound. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. Right. I right. got to I gotta shed. <laughs> yeah. So, um are you teaching just uh, individual students? Uh, and yeah. I mean, I mean uh, not as part of a university or uh, anything right. like that. Right. Yeah. 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 David teaches through universities, but I've, I've never done it because I've never had time to do it. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of time now if anybody's hiring. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and I can understand, you know, I looked at, at uh, your bio and, and I'm thinking, how do you have time to do anything he seems like you just you've played with and I, i'm so curious about the people you've played with um it's a it's a who's who in the pop world so. yeah and um <laughs> uh yeah um who and i'm not asking you to give anything away right oh, you know, no, no, I won't. no tour secrets or anything like that we'll save that for the bonus episode right <laughs> <laughs> um but uh who was the first big star that ever contacted you and took you on the road or did a show mm. with them okay so i mean the the first one is obvious to me um but i do want to say that before that first artist i did a one-off with dave wakeling <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know that name should the, i know yeah well i don't know you i think you're younger than me um we're not going to talk about that. No, we're not. That's right. <laughs> At all. I didn't At even all. do my roots. Um, so the English Beat was an 80s oh. band. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know his name because, you know, but anyway. So it the gig was actually supposed to be with Dave Wakeling and um, Orange Juice Jones. Do you remember him? No, that's another one. I'm, I I'm sorry, saw I know. you. I saw you and her walking in the rain. Oh Come my on. gosh, I'm embarrassed. No, it was kind of a one-hit wonder. Okay. But, um, so I was super excited because I love both those guys. And um, mm -hmm. Orange Juice didn't show up for the gig, so I didn't. You know, but whatever. It was the thought that counted. I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you forget your? Uh, anyway, I've never forgotten know. a gig. Um. <laughs> so but 
that was that was just a weird little one-off thing. Um, and uh, my first real, real gig with a pop star was actually Beyonce. So, you know, if you're going to go for it, you just mm. go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, I have heard of her. Yeah. No, she's been <laughs> she around. She was in those Austin Powers movies, right? right. I mean, that's... <laughs> right, right, right. The name is coming to me. Hold on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, you know... Did you ever imagine that you would get to work with uh, some of the people you've worked with? Are you kidding me? I thought well, I was you know, but be... well, no, but I've never. Some people do have me. that path in their in their mind, right? No, I definitely did not, and um, I really pretty much stuck to classical um, in all of my training and junk mm-hmm. um, because you know I was told, "Oh, you're really good at this," and ugh, the worst line was, "Oh, you have such a beautiful sound," like. I don't want a beautiful sound. I mean, I just, I want to do, I want to do weird things with this horn, you yeah. know? And yeah. it, it actually, it, it took me a lot of time to kind of learn to not sound, to have that big, beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Mel Broyles, actually. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mel was an incredible teacher, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually envisioned me doing stuff like this, which is kind of funny. Really? Yeah, we would be in lessons and I would play some passage and he would say, young lady, you need to get yourself on the television. On people the television. Need, yeah, people need <laughs> to hear this sound. You need to get yeah. on the television. I was like, I'm trying to hide in the middle of the orchestra. There's no way I'm going <laughs> on the television. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was really, it was, I remember when I first got the gig, I thought, wow, it's really too bad that Mel is gone. I would love to mm-hmm. call him and say, hey, I'm getting on the television. Mm-hmm. But I assume he knows mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever he's floating up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never expect, I mean, of course, you know, growing up, I would listen to stuff and be like, wow, that must be so cool. But I was never that person in my mind. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I met Lou Soloff, I think. I don't know how old I was, maybe 15 or maybe even younger. No, about 15. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he was the best. We we were friends until he passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, first time I met him, he said, so I hear you play classical. And I said, yeah, kind of, you know. <laughs> I'm all shy, like with my bad perm. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Oh, my God, braces. I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so... He, he has this huge stack of trumpet cases. And so he kind of reaches in the middle and he just pulls the case out and everything, you know, falls down just mm-hmm. perfectly. Like he's done this a million times. Right. <laughs> and it was this Monet, which I didn't even, I, I think I might've heard of them at that point, but I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't think I was mm-hmm. that aware. He said, get your mouthpiece. I'm like, Oh geez, Louise, you know, this is the spinning wheel guy. And <laughs> So right. I, played, I played for him, and he said, got a beautiful sound. <laughs> you <Hell> know? No. <laughs> like, again, it's like the curse of the beautiful sound, but, I mean, it's not a curse. It's, it's, it's great to have, and I worked, mm-hmm. I worked, you know, until my 20s to really develop that sound, but mm-hmm. then I had to unlearn it and whatever. Um, but I can pull it up if I need it for an emergency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I. Uh, it's just so great. Wow, Lou, I miss. Well, you, you know, have... you think you think about that sound. Oh, you know what? You mentioned Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sergei Nikaryakov was mm-hmm. in Muncie, Indiana back in 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. Why he would come to the States for, you know, to go to Muncie. But anyways, I was at this recital, this concert, and then walks Lou. And it was kind of like everybody at the back of the hall going, that's Lou. That's Lou Soloff. You know, and it's like we're watching him glide down to, oh. you know, everybody had held him in such great regard. Yeah. And uh, I had never seen him except for, you know, on on tape or TV. And uh, boy, just, you know, a larger than life kind yeah. of persona yeah. and a great history. But uh, that was a neat experience. But I it was going to say the sound, you know, um, before you find your own voice. Mm-hmm. right you you yeah. do I, and I tell my students this you've got to study and try to emulate everybody yes. and and all of those eventually become your voice right 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 so I I can see that you don't regret I don't think you regret that classical training at all it's I actually but, love it I love that it's in my pocket mm-hmm. don't ask me to play anything like I used to but um <laughs> it helps in a pop career which I was very surprised about. I thought, oh, well, jazz career is going to help you. No, you know, honestly, uh, I've spoken to a lot of different musicians, as you can mm-hmm. imagine, about this stuff. And, uh, you know, in pop, a lot of times, it's, uh, it's like you need to be as exact as you can. You know, pop and disco, it's like, okay, no, it's supposed to go there. You can't, you know, you right. can't do anything but that. It needs to sound like the record. Right. I mean, I have memorized solos from records and had to sound like them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the artist is going, who is this terrible trumpet player? It right. doesn't matter how I sound. <laughs> it's like, I didn't do it like the record. Now yeah. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now you don't just mean with... Uh, I understand with precision, like you can't lay back on something. Where, right. You have to, I mean, you have to, well, it's interesting because have you ever played with a track? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't do a lot of track dates. I mean, actually I haven't done one in so many years. It's kind of a relief um, mm-hmm. because, you know, people will say, oh, well, track dates are so easy. And it's like, actually they're not because if, if the track that they're playing is out of tune, it's going to sound terrible. <laughs> right. um, it's a different player. Unless you recorded the track, you need to match that other player well um, and right. the entire section. So, you know, sometimes it does have to be very precise. I, you know, I, yeah. it can be a real nightmare, but it can also be a relief. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you talk about the, I think maybe the first time I had ever played truly along with a track other than a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a cruise ship gig back in mid nineties mm-hmm. and the track was a reel to reel. Well, tape stretches. Yes, it does. And it turns out that they added the click <laughs> in post-production. They, they recorded the band first and then added the click after. So it was already off. And then as the tape, you know, as the production went on, the tape stretches and stretches. And it was like trying to find, you know, from week to week, trying to find where it's going to be this time. Oh, and that's like uh, trying to find the magic mouthpiece. It ain't there. <laughs> Wait, is, oh, there's not. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry. Right. That's okay. <laughs> but if you that's find okay. it, let me know. Just let me know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, well, oh, I want to ask you how old you were when 
not how old you are now, how old you were when uh, you went out that first time with. I was uh, older. I was a lot older than most people thought. <laughs> okay. Including the artist. <laughs> gotcha. You know what? And I'm not, uh, we're going to leave that there because there was a lot gonna, of surprise. Somebody's going to do math. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll edit it out. I promise. Yeah. Okay. I was bleep. Wow. That was my first big gig. <laughs> wow. So just last year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the call. It's going to happen though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why New York City? Did you grow up there? What or what mm. drew you there? So I grew up in the woods in New Jersey and I hated it. Sorry, Jersey people don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like where I grew up. Um, we were extremely poor. I mean, I shared a trumpet with my brother for a year. Wow. And yeah, it was a real stretch to get me my own Bundy. I can't believe all the things that my mom managed to pull off for me. Mm -hmm. um, but we were like, like holes in the wall, kind of poor. Um, and hand me down tough skin pants for my brother and he was a he was a husky size and I was pretty small so you can imagine I was yeah I really really you know <laughs> grew up pretty tough sure. um so once in a while we would the, the family would drive into the city and the city was not nice back then you know that's that that was a different era it's like Disney mm -hmm. World right now but, um, you know, back then, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I learned what weeds smelled like. Um, I knew to stay away from people that, you know, could stand still in a windstorm because those were the junkies. You know, there was a lot. But I loved it so much. I can't explain it. I, I always hated living in the middle of nowhere. Um, I love being surrounded by people. Um, but being completely anonymous. And I still feel that way mm. today. Like nobody mm -hmm. knows, nobody cares who I am. Like, ugh. you know, it doesn't matter if I was just on TV or something, they, they have no idea who I am. And I think, I think growing up in a very small town, I hated that everybody knew me and everybody, you know, mm. people would talk to you and, and know about your, your pets and ugh. I just, ugh, I didn't like it. So, and I mm -hmm. love the energy in the city. I loved you know, all the, the sounds and everything. So this, this, I knew when I was little mm -hmm. that I would want to live here. I didn't know mm -hmm. that I, I figured I would figure it out, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know any life other than living in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, when you first started seeking out musical venues, what, where mm -hmm. were you headed? Who were you listening to? Mm, well, I grew up in Jersey. So I listened to a lot of rock. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I I was a, and I still am, a huge Pat Benatar fan. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Love yeah. Pat Benatar. I mean, I had dreams of her. And this is, this is where we go into the like, I never thought I would play pop, but I did have these moments in my child brain, you know, I would mm -hmm. listen to Pat Benatar and be like, man, maybe she'll have a horn section someday. You know, it was a whole thing. But um, I loved, I loved her sense of musicality. Um, she was actually trained classically as well. 
So <laughs> I love that she was so gritty, yeah. um, but so spot on. I mean, I listened to Pink Floyd. Uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. There was so much weird music in our house. Like we listened mm-hmm. to Kiss. There was it just tons of tons of rock and pop. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents didn't listen to it, but, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started playing the trumpet, my brother had been playing for two years already. So he started introducing me to stuff other than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was nice. So I, I became a real Miles Davis head. Uh, I mm. love Chet Baker. Um, I, I got really into Maurice Andre. <laughs> that was wow, my that's call. Not his. Both I know. Ends of the spectrum there, right? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like I'm yeah. all over the place. Um, I mean, I, you know, we, of course we started listening to stuff like blood, sweat and tears. And that's mm-hmm. where I first heard Lou before I ever thought I would get to even <laughs> meet him, much less, you know, hang out with him with my kid at her birthday parties. I mean, <laughs> you know, he was uncle Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course I listened to Earth, Wind, and Fire and, you know, all, all Chicago, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like every, every, every band that came up with horns, I was in, like, that mm-hmm. was my thing. Um, I went through a little Bill Chase phase. Uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, there should be a support group for us. Yeah. Um, well, it's the same with Maynard Ferguson, right? You know, yeah. it's like everybody, but. Everybody goes through some sort of phase with me. Yes, totally. And of course, you know, Winton, everybody loves Winton. He was, mm-hmm. he was, and I found Winton really interesting because, you know, it's funny. I didn't love his precision, even though that's how I was trained. Mm. Um, yeah, I loved his flexibility between genres and how beautiful mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, it's not um, fair, though. Yeah, that oh, no, no, can no. Do that, right? It's weird. There's something fishy about that. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> I didn't like, I loved things. I loved hearing horns cracking and missing notes. I didn't do it though. (laughs) Like I was taught not to do it, but I loved that. I think a lot of times, you know, we're attracted to what we can't do or don't do or choose Mm -hmm. not to do or are told not to do. So Mm -hmm. that was like, that was like the, 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 the rebel side of me wanted to crack a note. (laughs) You're like, come on, I just want to miss one note, Uh, you know? So, um, but of course, well, that I, I have to tell you, that is going on a T-shirt, and and, and I'm and I'm going to put, I, I just want to miss one note, Kiku Collins, and, I, and that's going to go on a T-shirt. I think what there's no other trumpet player on the face of the earth ever that has made that statement. Actually, I have a friend that I call Double Cheeseburger because <laughs> when I first heard him play the first time, I was like man, you sound like you stuffed a double cheeseburger down that horn. How do you do that? I want to do that. I sound like I just wow. cleaned it this morning. It's horrible. Oh. You know? So, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I've been working on playing dirty. It's very interesting. I had to start learning when I started uh, working for recording studios and doing mm-hmm. jingles and stuff. Most of the jingles need to be precise, but once in a while, could you play that a little worse? I don't know. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's, it's a skill. It's a skill that I was not taught. I, I was going to say, and and even from an ego standpoint, right? Yeah. It's like even though even though I can, yeah. Should I? You know. Okay. Right. You know, I, my reputation. All you know, somebody's going to hear me and think she can't play in tune. 
This is just a quick sponsor break to remind you to check out Messina Covers for great custom cases, Eastman Winds and SE Shires for exceptional quality from the professional model to the beginner model, and of course Pickett Blackburn, providing you with a multitude of options for mouthpieces and trumpets. Now, back to today's guest. You know, I, I think, you know, you've, uh, you've got a niche. I guess so. Uh, Ingrid Jensen, I think, has a niche. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, but I love, too, that uh, people are trying to really step outside mm-hmm. the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even a box anymore. They're just trying to step outside the weird shape that has become, you know, yeah. trumpet. Yeah. And I, I love what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, electronics have changed yes. so many things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you using electronics and, and stuff that you do? You know, I haven't. Um and, you know, this quarantine thing is, is making me think of other things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, an, it's, it's been in my mind, you know, my, my daughter is a bass player now. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we look at equipment, I think, huh, is that something I could use to? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. why not, you know? Yeah. Um, so I haven't, I haven't gone down that path yet, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in my mind. And I definitely enjoy hearing it. So why wouldn't I want to do it? Yeah. It, it just occurred to me, uh, I was looking through your website mm-hmm. and listening to some of the samples. And of course, uh, your flugelhorn playing gets some rave reviews. Yeah. And I want to say, what a beautiful sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh... You know, I, but, but it is. But it's, that's the sound it, that, I was, that yeah. I was trained to use. So Yeah, but it is. It's just, it's beautiful Aww, playing. I never play flugelhorn anymore. Isn't that the weirdest thing? by just because yeah i don't i i I did play it on saturday night live a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. um it was it was hilarious when i got the call because i you know i get this call this you know scissa this this big artist and you know they said hi we're looking for a flugelhorn player and i said okay cool and (laughs) i don't think they realized that um trumpet would be a primary instrument of anybody who plays the flugelhorn mm-hmm. because I showed up for the first rehearsal mm-hmm. and I brought my, I brought my double case. I'm rolling it in. You know, I was like, I brought my trumpet because this is weird. I just right. feel weird leaving without my trumpet. <laughs> and why, why did they look at it and go, Oh my God, you play trumpet too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I think that might be the last time I played it on a gig. Oh, you know, it's still funny. Uh, even, okay, 79 feels so good. Mm-hmm. What, how many years is that? 30, 40, <clears throat> 40 yeah. plus years? It's like, yeah. but still, when you pull a flugelhorn out, people still go, oh, it's like oh. Chuck Mangione. It's like, <laughs> right. how is that okay. still? Re- I can't believe you just said that because I, just got a call from someone who used to hire me for stuff we actually did a remake of feel so good and it was his brainchild and we never did anything with it i mean there's a rapper on it i'm singing in the background Mm -hmm. it's a whole he just called me and said i kind of want to release this it's really Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. now i listen to it and i think "Mm, not my finest days um, 
But I think it's funny that you brought it up because mm-hmm. it is such an iconic tune right. for Flugel. Um, so, wow, I should probably call him back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. So uh, it's, uh, oh, what's it? Fate, you know, that I said mm-hmm. that, you know. That I know. <laughs> but didn't I see it on your website? I mean, I saw it. Uh, yeah You've got it on there right yes yeah but it was never they never did anything with it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um thinking about all the artists that uh have been in new york city the big names and uh, uh, uh boy I'm at, I'm at a loss it's a good thing i'm in control of this and i can edit <laughs> some sweet. of this out Pretty but sweet. uh um well you mentioned lou soloff i'm just mm-hmm. curious you know uh Others that, you know, I've got to get down to this club to hear so-and-so. I've got to get down to hear. Uh, were there people that you were seeking out, you know, or you knew they were in town? You went to hear them? Man, I mean, I I, I love going out to hear music. Um, and I don't have enough time. I mean, I do now. And, of course, everything's closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, I mean, everybody comes here. So, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> like, a, like we saw Phil Collins last year. Cause I know, of course we know the horn section. So, you know, of course I get a cute little note. Hey, you guys should, you know, it's down the street from you. Come right. see us. I'm like, duh, of course we'll come see you. But um, now, you know, Phil Collins used to be principal trumpet with Cincinnati. And so there's a part of the trumpet world that is not thinking about that Phil Collins. They're thinking about the oh, other no. Phil Collins. Let's 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 rewind to my, my background <laughs> in listening to tons of pop. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I used to call him Uncle Phil. He was actually my first pop concert I went to, you know, oh. way way back in the day. So Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And what I a mean, beautiful sound. Right. <laughs> How about that? That's a gorgeous well, sound. Can, I mean, you know, when you're surrounded by those kinds of sounds, what do you expect? I mean, that's, you, you know, it, you know, you try to model the sounds that yeah. are around you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So anyways, so sorry, I, I interrupted. Well, oh, and you know, okay. but now I'm thinking, but now people come to see you. I guess. Oh, you know, well, yeah, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> do you have regular, uh, well, let's mm-hmm. assume that world was normal. Yeah. Again, were the regular venues that you that you play in New York? Not really, because my my schedule, my tour schedule, um, gets so nutsy. Um, plus, I don't enjoy being a band leader. Confessions of a trumpet player. Um, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't like being. I love. I love. I love being hired. I love being a side person. That's my thing. I just. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to worry about anything else other than I'm going to do a great job for this person. I'm going to do my best right now. Man, when you're a band leader, and my husband does it all the time, I don't know, it would drive me bananas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're writing your music and then you're making sure everyone's doing it right. You're like, oh, God, so-and-so is, is late. And ah, they're wearing the wrong color. I don't know, man. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff you got to worry about, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love showing up for the gig. But, I mean, I have done it. <clears throat> and uh i mean at this point my husband and i have been seriously talking about doing a third record because i you know i made the first one and i think uh, you know maybe four years later the second one came out and then mm-hmm. 
I was going to start doing a third one and then I got sick and I was like, you know, everything got in the way and mm -hmm. here I am. Well, two records. <laughs> there's there's a, a segue right there. Let's you like uh, that? if we can't let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okie dokes. Um, so when you say sick, what mm -hmm. do you mean sick? Not a cold. No. <laughs> so and, and yeah. how'd you find out? I mean, uh, yeah. Um, so you know, David and I got married, and uh, let's see, about a couple weeks later. My doctor called me and said, you know, you're, you're overdue for your mammogram. And of course I was overdue by like a week mm -hmm. and, but I have a very strong family history of it. So, you know, they booked me, you know, a quick appointment because I was actually, I was about to go out to, um, to do a five week gig. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, at first I said, well, I'll just, I'll just call when I get back. And they said, mm -hmm. no, why don't you just come in now? Um, and of course, I had just seen my doctor, so I'm wondering, like, did you feel mm -hmm. anything? Like, what's going on? So I went in, and um, and was told, uh, well, no, I wasn't told. I was, I, I had the scans done. I went out to my gig, which was way out in Long Island. So it sounds like it's close because it's in New York, but it's like a five-hour bus trip. No, I've I've been. There. Yeah, I don't know how close. people I don't know how people live out there quite frankly mm -hmm. but there I was and um, and we were on it was it was an off 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 Broadway show um, <laughs> clearly because it was way out there but it was incredible <laughs> and but we were working on like a Broadway schedule so I only had mm -hmm. one day off a week mm -hmm. and um, so you know I'm out there I'm trying to learn this book I was also acting in the thing so mm -hmm. it, was, it was crazy and um, and I got a call, and they said, we just want to redo something, you know, so uh, let us know when you can do it. I said, well, you know, I mean, can we wait a month? And they said, no, we want to do it now. Jeez mm. uh, Louise, like, way to, way to, you know, make me nervous about all mm -hmm, this stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then I had to get on a bus and take that long ride home, and I could only catch the last bus going back to the city. Mm because of our schedule. So I would have to take that late, late bus. Um, and then the next morning I went and I, you know, had another test done mm -hmm. and then I went back out and then they called me again and said, Hey, uh, we want to do another test. I'm like, come wow. on guys, you didn't get it. Like, do you not know what's going on? Did you, did you go to school for this? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm thinking all sorts of things like you guys mm -hmm. are really harsh in my groove here. Cause I'm just trying to hang out and right. you know, on my one day off, I'm exhausted. So basically, um, I was, I got a call. Um, there's nothing to do out there in Long Island, uh, out there in the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the gym, I'm working out. I'm like, eh, you know, we've got maybe four days left of shows. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sitting on the bike. You know, I mean, I was I was having a good time. I'm binge watching something. I don't know. Um, and I see my phone ring. And I'm like, oh, it's my doctor. That's weird. You know, usually it's whatever. So I picked mm -hmm. up and I figured, oh, maybe she has good news. And then she told me. I was like, what? What did you? So, of course, I'm in the middle of this gym, right? And 
also, <gasps> you know, so of course I, I get all my stuff and I, I run to the locker room. I actually hang up on my doctors. I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. I need mm-hmm, to get my mm-hmm. butt back to the house that I'm staying in. So somehow I got back there and then I, I call my husband. He was on tour in Brazil for like three weeks. Mm. And he was back, though, and he was just getting back and doing all his gigs. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing that whole thing. I can't talk. And he knew immediately, obviously, what was happening. So and so, so I'm trying to talk. He goes, okay, I'm going to get the next bus out. I said, don't, don't stop your gigs. Oh, oh no. Because you know we're we're this we're this you know artist right. couple. I mean, we have to take the gig. So he listened to me a little bit. I said, I, I, "I'm going to divorce you if you if you show up tonight." Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that worked. So he did his gig. I mean, how was he going to get a sub? Mm-hmm. And I think he was emptying the gig. But then he did sub out everything else, um, and then he he came out to the Hamptons and. You know, I we were almost done with the show, so it was like three nights, and so he kind of helped me navigate my my life out there for three mm-hmm. days. And meanwhile, I'm I'm acting and playing in this thing, so I need to keep all of my chops up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, my face is all puffy and re- oh, oh, I was I don't know how I made it, but I did. Mm-hmm. So then we dealt with it once we got home. Yeah. And are you are you cancer free? No, there's no such thing, actually. Um, so I've never been in remission, but remission just means that, you know, like the doctor's like, yeah, I mean, you look cool. And actually, my oncologist does say, yeah, you look great, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I actually I had to stop all of my treatment, and that's a very long story. But basically, I had to quit everything that I was doing because it was killing me and my career and everything. Um, and so I've been doing everything holistically, uh, and I see my oncologist twice a year if I can afford mm-hmm. it because those copays are no joke. Oh my right. god! I just saw him recently. I was like, "Yo, take all my money. Let's do this." Um, but basically he checks my blood and, um, and he, you know, he's just like, yeah, you're doing what the voodoo's working. Okay. Well, you look fantastic. I mean, and of course, you know, I've learned that you, you, somebody can look just fine Yep. and their body's being ravaged by yeah whatever. And, and, yeah. and in some cases, like you're talking, the chemo or radiation can do right. Well, and they do. I mean, that's what they're designed to do. Oh, my God. They destroy everything. Everything. So, you know, Mm. I had to stop everything I was doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went 10 months into one medication that really almost killed me. Mm. Um, And, you know, all of my teeth were about to fall out. We were mapping them out so that we could build me new teeth. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I osteoporosis. Um, I, I, I have arthritis in every joint from that medication. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, how do you, how do you weigh that out? You know, it's like, okay, I can continue this path. Right. Or. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, and I find this with a lot of, a lot of doctors, no offense to any doctors out there who happen to play the trumpet. Um, but man, y'all don't disclose everything. Okay. You gotta, you gotta tell us everything. When I 
started, you know, when I, I actually fought the medication for a little while, I didn't want to do it. And mm -hmm. by the time I got to my third oncologist, no, my second oncologist convinced me. Um, and basically she said, Hey, if you don't like it, you stop. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the side effects are supposed to be mild. I had nothing mild. I, mm -hmm. everything hit me like a ton of bricks, like immediately. Um, it was, it was a nightmare and, um, they wanted me on it for 10 years. <clears throat> yeah. Every day for 10 years. So I took it every day for 10 months. And, um, and the last time I took one was I, I went to my dentist that day and he's like wiggling my teeth around. Like these are all moving. Um, we're going to have to, you know, do a scan right now of everything. And we're mm -hmm. going to have to map it out because you are going to need all new teeth. Wow. And so we did the big scan, you know, I was in the big, you know, uh, I went home. <clears throat> I hadn't had a chance to go to the gym. I used, I always go in the mornings or I just don't do it. My husband hadn't mm -hmm. gone yet. He said, listen, let's just go to the gym right now. And I thought, oh, I'm so tired. Everything hurts. All right, let me give it a shot. We got there and I literally could not walk. Mm. So I, I don't even remember how I got home, honestly. I mean, it's mm. two blocks away. It's not a big deal, but I could not walk. And mm -hmm. I think probably the only way I was able to walk home was I need to get home and sit down. <laughs> um, and so, and my husband was leaving for Japan the next morning and we discussed it and he said, okay, uh, you're not taking any pills while I'm gone. We'll see how you feel. And, you know, and so, but before all of this, it was kind of funny that he was the one that finally let he let me pull the plug because mm. everyone's afraid, right? So three months in, I was having a lot of pain and my tissue was changing. It was, it was terrible. And so I told him, I said, I think I'm going to stop taking this stuff. And he said, you can't, you know, it's going to get, you know, we did all this research online and some people say, you know, it gets better. At least it doesn't get worse. It got so much worse. Mm -hmm. So when it got to that point, he said, I can't, I can't even, I can't get on a plane and fly mm -hmm. around the world, um, knowing that you can't walk. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty amazing because the next day, and it might've been in my brain, whatever, but I felt a little better. Mm -hmm. And that was, I never looked back. Wow. Because why do you want to live like that? You know, I mean, yeah. If these pills are going to give me an extra six months, that's not worth it, you right. know, but right. I feel like I would be dead. I would have been dead a long time ago. So here I am. Not yeah. dead. Thank goodness. <laughs> right? I don't think I'm dead. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm read my pulse. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Um, I, I noticed in uh, you listed a thing called stupid cancer. Yeah. Dot uh, org or dot com. Dot org. Dot org. And I'll yeah. put that in the, in the show notes, you know. Uh, and of course, the passing of Ryan Anthony a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, we were um, talking up, right up to the end too. And of course, cancer blows is is huge. And I just, yeah. you know, um, I mention those because I want people if they're not aware mm -hmm. of those that there are places they can go to to research this and give. Yeah. To that yeah. and. Uh, yeah. Well, one other one that I would love to mention is called the Tutu Project. Like ballerinas, tutu. Oh, T-U-T-U. -T -U. Okay. Yeah. Like Miles Davis, tutu. Um, 
I when I first got diagnosed, I would I would kind of look around the internet like I'm gonna die, ah, you know, and I came across this photographer Bob Carey, um, and he takes pictures around the world wearing just a tutu. Oh my gosh! He is not built like a ballerina, <laughs> and I love him, and he knows it. So uh-huh. his wife um, is she's still man that that is a warrior right there. His wife mm-hmm. Linda. She has been stage four, which is metastatic, which is completely incurable um, forever. I don't I, I wish I knew the number, but it's it's a ridiculous number mm-hmm. of years that she, and she, I'm, she's so amazing. So he started doing this because, you know, he's a photographer and he thought, how can I cheer up my wife? She just got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And he just, I guess, took a couple of pictures in a weird tutu thing you know weird situations and i mean it just turned into a a movement Mm -hmm. um and i'm just i'm just so honored to even know these guys i Mm -hmm. i was a fan from before my first visit with my you know with my breast surgeon and um and then when i finally met them um we became very good friends and Mm -hmm. uh and i'm I guess I'm an advisor for the mm-hmm. Tutu Project. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy is that they're not saying we're going to cure you or anything. It's like, it's literally just a project to help patients and do nothing more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're, they're, they're so generous with their time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved with uh, a charity called Cancerland. Uh, with a, a friend of mine, Champagne Joy, and uh, and she passed away from metastatic cancer mm. a few years ago. And uh, but I actually met Bob and Linda because I was at an event for Cancerland, and they showed up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was just, I was, I don't get starstruck. I mean, you see, you've seen my resume. I was starstruck because I was like, this is Bob mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Linda Carey, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the guy in the tutu. So we've been very good friends ever since. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I came on board as an advisor, and uh, he did a photo shoot for me for uh, Lymphedivas. <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're incredible people. So I do want to mention mm-hmm. them, and I know that I mentioned them for yeah. a very long time now. <laughs> that was a yeah, very no, long Yeah, no, that's great. Trip. That's great. But they're amazing, and they they yeah. donated a, a nice chunk to Cancerland the day that I met them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to go through it yourself, mm-hmm. um, and, but I've also seen the toll it takes on family. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I think your husband, you know, it's while you're going through this, I mean, it sounds like he was right there and, you know, but I've seen, I watched my dad 14 years Mm -hmm. suffer and my mom, you know, she paid the price. I mean, it's just, it exhausted, exhausted her. And it's, it's not just isolated to those that have it. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I say that because I just want to recognize that it affects everybody. Yes. I mean, my mother actually had the same stuff I got going on. Uh, mm-hmm. for 10 years and I was a kid but I ended up taking care of the family and taking care of her mm-hmm. and it was like it was a lot for a kid yeah so yeah I know yeah well th- thanks for being open yeah. about all that um, so let's let's talk about uh, something a little bit easier and lighter 
okay. what's what what's it like to be a woman in a man's profession and you know i'm putting my air quotes mm -hmm. there First oh, of I, all, I don't believe that but uh that was something that you and i had kind of yeah. talked about a little bit before this interview yeah well it's definitely changed over the years and mm -hmm. i'm happy i'm so happy to see that um mm -hmm. you know when i first I was in fourth grade when I started playing and, you know, they had us pick instruments and it was very strange because we had to do some sort of a test um, to see how much you knew about music already. And I had played a little piano. I was terrible at it, but I played a little piano and <laughs> whatever. I, I had learned some music reading by that point. So, um, so like I, I got, I don't know if I got the highest score, but I got one of them. Um, so I got, you know, first pick or whatever. And mm -hmm. I said, I'm, I want to play the trumpet. And the teacher said, well, that you're a girl. I said, wow, you know, newsflash, right? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, right, but it's the only thing that we have. And I think the light bulb went in his head because he, of course, taught my brother too. He was like, oh, Oh, okay. So then I was allowed to play the trumpet. And there were other girls that did it, but mm -hmm. I, I, like I was the first girl up and he assumed that I would pick the flute or the clarinet, which I really wanted to, but I mm -hmm. had instructions from my mother. We're not buying anything else. We can't afford anything. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it started out really weird. Um, but it, it quickly changed, at least with my, my band director and my peers mm -hmm. when we started playing. Um, I don't know. It came easily, and I think it's from watching my brother play, you know. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, just I knew fingerings, and I didn't know how I knew them. It was, right. It was like, <laughs> why is this doing this? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you know, that, that resolved itself pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, the outside world didn't understand all of that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you start you start auditioning for these all-state things, all the things that they torture us with. Um, <laughs> and But they were always blind auditions. So I would do really well because it was a blind audition and they didn't know what I looked like or, you know, mm -hmm. anything about me. And I, I remember by the time I got to high school, I realized... I need to make sure that they can't hear anything about me. And so I would always have, you know, water right before I went in. So I didn't have a little tickle in mm -hmm, my throat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were so many things that I did. I made sure I always wore sneakers to auditions. So I just mm -hmm. sounded like a human being in sneakers. <laughs> um, and, and if they, if they saw my name, they weren't even sure because I didn't right. have a typical Jersey girl name. So, um, it, it I had some very weird first rehearsals, though. Uh, you know, when you when you walk in and uh, nobody knows who anyone is, mm -hmm. and, and I would I would walk in with my you know my case and, and look around and where am I supposed to sit? Oh, there's the trumpet section, and, and I would sit down in in the principal chair, <laughs> mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they'd be like, you, people would start to correct me. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is the principal trumpet chair. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm in I'm the here. right place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> here I am. There's a lot of confusion. Um, and it was, I mean, I wasn't the only girl ever to do this, mm -hmm. but it was, it was not, 
it was not welcome mm-hmm. with my trumpet peers. Um, very few of them thought it was cool. Uh, but it was what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny because at one point, I think for maybe two years, there was a, a private school for boys. And I got, I got a call from a friend of mine who played oboe. And she said, hey, I'm, I'm a ringer for this all-boys school um, because they didn't have oboe players. Mm-hmm. And they actually said they're looking for trumpet players. And I said, okay, <laughs> cool. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm a trumpet player. I can do this. So, you know, of course, mm-hmm. I whatever, that she gives them my name. Okay, mm-hmm. great. We got the trumpet seats filled, you know. And I show up. <laughs> I mean... You know, some of the faces are going, I don't get it. You know, is this, is this a practical joke on my uncandid camera? Um, But it happened and it was funny because we would actually audition for chairs. (laughs) So that happened. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that was Um, fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you know the name Carol Reinhardt? Mm-hmm, of course the Jen. significance of of what she had done yeah and i just i'm excited i'm so excited wow. to get to talk to her i would have been a fly uh, on the wall yeah well I'll, if you want to if you want to be there <laughs> you can be there but uh yeah and uh abby conant you know was mm-hmm. another that uh yeah with the munich and i talked to her and her story was just uh but what a trial she had to go through after oh she got the job. I mean, it was just, uh, it's hard to believe that there was uh, an atmosphere like that, you know, that that's. It's still not totally. I, I don't know. No. And, and racially, right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still, there's so, so many things to work on. Yep. Um, and uh, boy, you know, I hope I'm raising my boys the right way to not I mean, to see people for who they are, but yeah. not to base anything on, you know, mm-hmm. judge anything on that. Yeah. But, well, the fact um, that you're saying that means that you're probably doing it right. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I can look back at my own childhood, though, and think, oh, my gosh, I remember, yeah. you know, growing up in community where certain words were used all yes. the time. Yes. And now it just <laughs> it shocks me. Yeah, I know. To even I, think. I grew up in a similar situation. Yeah. So, well, what's on tap for you next? You said you're working on some projects. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe a recording with your husband. Yeah. Well, and and technically it would be my record Mm -hmm. because he's got seven as a leader. Um. Yeah, he needs no motivation to make music. He's incredible. (laughs) He's been writing this whole time. He's been recording. He's He's been mixing and mastering. I mean, I, he's just another from another planet. <laughs> he's not from my planet, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, because I've never had time to make that third record. Um, and, you know, we started talking about it during this break. And I just I've just been saying, oh, I'm just I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I, I you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to warm up someday. It's like, ooh, I mm-hmm. should really warm mm-hmm. up because. That's what I do. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel mm-hmm. like my brain is is ready to, you know, 
and we've never actually really written much together. So that will be mm. very interesting. Um, you know, <laughs> we're going to learn a lot about each other if we haven't already sure. during this quarantine. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking and our styles are so different and our methods mm-hmm. are very different. Um, so we've just been talking about how can we make this work where we don't kill each other, uh, you know, and come out with a great product. So, mm-hmm. and we have, we have a, a, a small studio here mm-hmm. so we can record horns all day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and there are studios that, you know, that we can bring a band into. And I think mm-hmm. New York at least is getting to a really good place because we've been so careful um, you know, mm-hmm. New Yorkers are just not fooling around with this stuff. So everybody's wearing masks. People are staying home. People are staying away from each other. Good. It's great. Good. It's great. So things are going, knock on wood, well here, except when we get tourists coughing all over us. <laughs> right. right. But it it's incredible how unemployed we are and how busy we are. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't figure it out. How am I so busy? Where's my work? But, you know, we're making things happen. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, freelancers especially, we are so used to to constantly being busy. Um, and that's that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You know, no matter what, it, even if it's baking um, coconut coffee muffins. Yeah, I'm going to message you for that recipe. Oh, yeah, I'll send it. It's already on my brain that I'm sending it to you. Okay, yes, please. Well, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Jersey. Ricky Mm -hmm. Riccardi, do you know him? No, but what a name. Well, I know, right? Oh, it's so close to Ricky Ricardo. I, I'm so mad that it's not. Well, he's he's in uh, Tom's River. I don't know how far that is. Oh, that's far. Uh, But he is like, he's become the Louis Armstrong expert. Oh. And he has the archive, and he, I think, runs the Louis Armstrong house there. Which and, I love. I've been there so many times. Well, Byron Stripling is the one who told me about it and said, oh, you know, he, he's he's witnessed people weep as they walk. I might have been one of them. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm t- I've been there so many times. I bring everybody there. Really? I love it. It's an experience. Yeah. You hear them talking. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Right. And all these tapes, you know, Ricky was telling oh. me about all these tapes that Lewis had made that just, it's you know, not even fun. rehearsal. I mean, it was he and his wife. And, yeah, they're hanging out. Yeah. The, yeah. And yesterday he got uh, one of Lewis's trumpets from the 20s or 30s, I think. It was it was brought back and he has it in his possession again. Um, there's a picture of it on Facebook. Oh, my and, God. Uh, so, um yeah, but that's somebody I think you you might enjoy. That sounds fascinating. To know. Yeah. yeah. And if you're ever through Indianapolis, you know, I would love to to buy ever. you a cup of coffee Again. or right. Well, you never know. <laughs> I'd love to meet you in person at some yeah. point. Uh, maybe I'll be shouting, you know, from the audience, Kiku, <laughs> or like, we love Kiku. you. Yeah. That was the wrong note. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Right. Yeah. That was so mad. That was the that wrong wasn't... note, and it. That was the best wrong note I ever heard. (laughs) No, it wasn't beautiful at all. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, well, please uh, take care of yourself and uh, and your family. Hope you guys navigate through this beautifully. Yeah, we're figuring uh, it out. Yeah. So thanks again, and hopefully I'll I'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you. All right. right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.
Well, that's where today's interview ends, but there is a little bit more to be heard. I've excerpted one or more stories from this interview, and those are available exclusively for my Patreon patrons. You can find out more about how to receive that benefit and others at patreon.com slash studiohfl. Again, to those who are already patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you. A reminder to visit Apple Podcasts and to leave both a star rating and a review. And please visit the Studio HFL YouTube channel and subscribe. This has been a production of Powell Music. Yeah, that's me, chef, sous chef, and dishwasher here at Studio HFL. This show is supported by the generosity of Messina Covers, Eastman Winds, S.E. Shires, and Pickett Blackburn. Once again, I'm your host, Larry Powell. I'm grateful you spent some time here today. Be sure to come back next week with another terrific guest. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.